We're in Genesis chapter 15. We understand this is dealing with Abram, who later became Abraham. And he gets a word from the Lord. And uh, he gets a word on three different things. First of all, we're going to see that he gets a word about fear. Second of all, we see that he gets a word about his future. And the third thing that we're going to see out of this text tonight is that he gets a word about his faith. So if you have your Bibles open, we're in Genesis chapter 15. This is what the Word says. And after these things, which we're going to look at in just a moment, after these things, the Word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision saying, Fear not. Fear not. Fear not, Abram. For I am thy shield and thy exceedingly great reward. Isn't that a good word? Then he goes on and says, And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me? When wilt thou give me, seeing that I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Elizer? Of Damascus, which is uh, basically his chief of staff, if you will. So here, Abraham is asking a question. He says, Now, Lord, you promised me something back some time ago, and I'm just kind of wanting to know how's this thing going on? By the way, it's okay to ask God questions, okay? It's okay to ask God questions. And, and, and this we're going to see a little bit later. This was not a question of doubt. And we're, we're going to show you why we know that. Uh, but we see that he had this question. Then he goes on, he says, And, and Abram uh, uh, said, Behold, uh, to me thou uh, hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came up unto him. Now, notice here, there's dialogue going on. And by the way, you can have that same type of dialogue. See, the problem that we have many times uh, when we're praying and asking God, we're the ones that are doing the talking. Sometimes it's uh, okay and sometimes it's necessary for us to kind of uh, uh, hold our, our tongue, if you will, and listen to God. Because he wants to communicate with us. He wants to talk to us. And so he says, uh, uh, That thou shalt not be thine heir, but he that shall come from out of thou, uh, thy own bowels and be thine heir. So God answers the question. Then he goes on in verse number 5. And he says, And be brought, uh, be brought forth uh, abroad. And he said, Look now towards heaven and tell the stars. It's my prop, see? <laughs> and, and tell the stars, if thine be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. So he's telling him. Now, I find it interesting, you know, he said, he talked to the stars. And what, what he's asking here is, do you know, can you count how many stars there are? And of course, the question is no. He said, your seed, 
will be just like that. Because remember the promise that he gave back in Genesis 12 where he said he will be a father of many nations. And so God is reminding them of him the promise. And then he, in verse number 6, And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. And so by God's grace, these next few moments that we have together, we're going to preach on a message entitled, A Word from God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power contained in your word. And Lord, we thank you tonight that you have a word for us. But Lord, the problem is not you having a word for us. The problem that we have is that sometimes we don't listen to the word. We're not obedient to the word. So Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be obedient tonight, that we will hear from you. And Lord, we ask that you'll give us understanding where there needs to be understanding and that we'll make applications to our lives so that we can go and be better witnesses for thee. Lord, we love you tonight. I ask that you'd use me. Lord, I understand that if I'm not um, working out of your empowerment, then this thing is going to flop. So, Lord, I ask that you'd help me this evening. And I pray it all in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. That great theologian, Dr. Seuss, wrote a book some time ago, and the title of the book was Horton Hears a Word. Now, Horton is an elephant there in the jungle, and one day as he was going through the jungle, he thought he heard voices from a little speck of dust. So he started to investigate that, and sure enough, there were voices coming from this little speck of dust. And so uh, Horton went ahead and uh, he was uh, uh, careful and he, uh, he got that little speck and he was wanting to put it in a safe place. Now he didn't understand who these uh, little inhabitants were, but later on in the story we find out that they were called Who's. And they lived in a little place called Whoville. As he goes on to the story, they're communicating with him. They're talking to him and they say, we need a protector. We need somebody to look after us because all these other animals, we're scared that they're just going to kind of walk over us and, and, and squash us. And so uh, Horton was very conscious of that. He was a very loving elephant. And so he was going around talking to these animals. And of course, they thought he was, he was, uh, he was crazy. And so he said, no, 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 you got to, there's really little people living on this speck of dust. And so he gathers them around and of course they don't hear the voices and uh, they were wanting to go ahead and destroy this little speck of dust. They were wanting to tie uh, Horton out. Uh, so these little who's started to come to, come to, uh, to a consensus that if they would speak together in unison, maybe the other animals would hear them. And sure enough, they got together and they spoke in unison and the other animals understood that Horton was really telling the truth. Now that's a silly little story. But it's a story that has a lot of life applications and we're not going to go that. But this little speck of who's spoke a word to Horton the elephant that changed his life. Well, I got good news for you. There's someone who is far, far greater 
that wants to speak a word to us. And he wants to speak a word to us that would change our lives, not just here, but for all eternity. And so here we see that Jesus Christ is that word. And we understand in uh, the book of uh, the gospel of John where it talks about in the beginning was the word and the word was of God and the God, he came uh, and dwelt among us. We understand that the word is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so here we're going to see, first of all, in verse number one, that Abram gets a word about his fear. Now notice what he says. He says, and after these things... Well, what are these things that he's referring to? Well, you've got to go back to chapter 14. And in chapter 14, we understand that Abram has come. Uh, he's had a very successful campaign. Uh, uh, he's uh, uh, had victory after victory. But for some reason, he had some fear. Now, there's some speculation. Uh, some think it was a particular king uh, that uh, went ahead and took care of Sodom and the other cities in the plain. And uh, he had a kind of a run-in with Abram. And it could be that Abram was a little fearful that this king was going to come and, and attack him. But then there's others that give indications that the other kings that were involved in these campaigns, that maybe they were going to band together and they were going to come against Abram. We really don't know. And uh, not uh, being uh, uh, serious or, or whatever the case may be, uh, I understand that's all well and good, but it really doesn't matter. Something has caused Abram to have some fear. Why else would God say, fear not? Matter of fact, when you see in the Scripture, this is the first time that we see that phrase, fear not. But thanks be unto God, it's not the last time we hear from it. Because we see in John chapter 6 and verses 17 through 21, you all know the story. And the story is that the disciples have gotten in the ship. They're going to Capernaum. Of course, that means that they're on the Sea of Galilee. And as they're rowing towards Capernaum, the Scripture tells us that they didn't see Jesus. Jesus wasn't anywhere around. And so they're rowing towards Capernaum. And the Bible says that the wind started to get kind of violent and a storm started to brew up. If you've ever been to uh, Galilee, you would understand how easily that can be done because they tell us because of the mountains around the Sea of Galilee that the wind would come down and it just like that, a storm can brew up. So that's what happened here in John chapter 6. And so there's some fear going on. But then the Bible tells us that they saw Jesus walking on the water towards them. And the Bible says, and they were afraid. Okay? Then Jesus says, do not be afraid. Or you could easily use that phrase, fear not, for I am here. I don't know about you, but when I'm going through those storms in my life, isn't it good to know that we can hear a word from the Lord where he says, fear not. Now this is Mike's interpretation and I'm not trying to uh, be cute about it, but this is how I, would, I see it, is that when the Lord Jesus, he steps out, here's the storms that's tossing all around us and the Lord shows up and he says, hey, don't, hey you don't have anything to fear because I got this. Amen. 
Okay? And so we see here that in John chapter 6, uh, we understand that uh, Jesus, when Jesus is on the scene, we shouldn't have to fear, right? Jesus can handle whatever you're going through, no matter what your difficulties are. You need a word from the Lord where He says, fear not. But we also see in Psalms chapter 34, verse number 7, and the psalmist there talks about uh, that the enemy has encamped them. And he says, an angel of the Lord came and the angel of the Lord encamped them. In other words, the psalmist is helping. Here's the enemy. The enemy is closing in. But then they realize that the Lord of hosts was there and he has encamped them. And the Bible goes and tells us in that verse that he delivered them. So here's what's taking place. Here's the word usage. The Bible says he was round about them. See, here's the picture that I have in mind. You're going through a difficult time. You see the enemies are closing in on you. It seems like you're the only one that's going through this situation. It seems like you're the only one uh, that is having to deal with this. And you can't understand why you're having these issues. But the Lord has a word for you. He says, fear not, for I have surrounded you with my mighty strong arm and I'm around about you. But then we also go and see in Colossians chapter 3, verse number 3, where the Bible says that our life is in Him. We're hid in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here, here's what I, if you know anything about Colossians, in our Sunday school class, we're going through this. And we see the word hid. Uh, that's a word that uh, Paul used. Paul was having to fight the Gnostics at this time. He was fighting the philosophies that were going around in Colossae. Well, there was all kinds of false religion being taught there. And so he was taking some of the terms that they were using for false teaching, he's taking those same words and trying to treat truth. And one of those words would hidden. See, the Gnostics believe that uh, you had to find the hidden secrets of their religion. See, you had, to, you had to go and you had to search and the more knowledge that you got. And, and so here's the picture. The picture is that their God that they were serving, he was hiding and he says, find me if you can. But we serve a God who says, you don't have to look long. I will make myself, I will reveal myself to you. And even though he uses that word mystery, the mystery that he's talking about is that we're trying to find God. We see God. Romans says, you look out the window and you can see God. We need to understand he's wanting us to reveal himself. He's not hiding from us. What's the mystery that he's talking about in Colossians? The mystery is found in the Old Testament where the Bible, uh, the prophets of old were talking about the Messiah. The Messiah is coming. And we see all through the Old Testament, they were pointing to Jesus. They didn't quite understand it all. But then we under, uh, see that, that, that shadow. See, the Old Testament is a shadow of the one to come, right? He's a shadow. So now when the Lord Jesus steps on the scene, he says, no more shadows. I'm the real deal. <laughs> I'm about to have a spell right here. He says, 
I am revealing myself to you. I'm not trying to keep it a secret. I want you to know. By the fact, while we're on the subject of the Old Testament, isn't it interesting when you study the tabernacle and you study the temple that they had the court for the women, had the court for the Gentiles. We also see there was a curtain that separated uh, people from the Holy of Holies. But when the Lord Jesus Christ shows up and when Jesus died on Calvary's tree, the Bible tells us that the curtain was torn from top to bottom. So now we have equal access. We don't have to go through a priest. We don't have to go through a preacher. But you can come into the very throne room. See, what Jesus has done, they were throwing all kinds of barriers up. Jesus came to tear barriers down. And so here he says, fear not. Fear not. But then in verses 2 and 5, we see the word that he gives is about his future. Now, we've already alluded to that, and I made mention of that uh, Abram's asked the question. He says, uh, Lord, you gave me a promise back some time ago, and I just want you to know I'm still childless. Now, he's not, he's not doubting because you go back to Genesis chapter 12. We see that Abram was a man of faith. In chapter 12, the Lord spoke to him then. Isn't it interesting that when you're really wanting to follow after the Lord Jesus, you'll hear from them quite often. And so here, Abram got a word from the Lord. And here's what the word says. Pack up. Move, I'll tell you, as we move along. The Scriptures didn't say that Abram questioned that. He got up, left his family, started walking. He was walking by faith. He was walking by faith. See, the Lord was telling him to go. See, he didn't say, now Lord, it'd be a lot easier on both of us if you just go ahead and give me the big picture. Matter of fact, that's what's wrong with some of us now. Oh, Lord, I'd really serve you if you just let me know the end of the story. Well, if you know the end of the story, then faith is taken out of the picture, right? We're to walk by faith. And so when the Lord says, go, we go. Don't know where I'm going, but I'm sure that the Lord will tell me when I need to know. So right now, I'm just walking by faith. And I'm listening for the Lord. Lord, you tell me to tell. I'll take the left. Lord, I'm walking by faith. Don't know where I'm going. Don't know where this thing's heading out. But I'm trusting you with my life. And so I keep on walking. See, that's a picture of faith. And so it's not a question of his faith. He exercised that back in Genesis chapter 12. But we also see that he exercised that faith back in Genesis chapter 14. As I made mention, he had been in a campaign. He knew some of the other kings. The king of Sodom had made him a promise. He says, now, uh, Abram, you can take all the spoils. You can take whatever you want. But Abram didn't do that. Why not? Well, if you go even further back in chapter 14, it's because the Bible says he raised his hand and called upon a mighty God. And he made a promise to this God that he served. Lord, I will not take anything that does not belong to me. Now, I got to get out of this jacket. It's hot. 
outer space is hot. It's the sun that's so bright, I guess. And so he made a promise. Now, if he, was, if he was having doubts about his faith, why would he go ahead and, and, and make a promise to God and then when he had an opportunity? By the way, Abram could have been set for life. He would have had no more worries if he'd done what the king of Sodom had told him to do. But he had made a vow. He made a covenant with God and said, God, I'm not going to do this. And he stuck to it. Why? Because of his faith. See, I believe that Abram understood. Lord, back some time ago when you told me to leave my household, I didn't know where I was going, and I just followed you, and you directed every one of my steps. And I now I look back, and I don't regret any moment of that. By the way, it would be good for you to entertain that thought as well. See, God made you a promise back some time ago. And some of those promises that He has given you have been fulfilled. You have been praying for your family, for your children, and God has saved them. You have prayed about some grandchildren, and God has taken care of that request. And so we see that many of us sometimes forget that we've been walking in faith, and God has not failed us yet. Why do you think He's going to mess up? now. See, that's, that's what he's talking about. He says, you have a very bright future. The Bible says it this way, that you have a purpose and a plan for our life. Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that God has a purpose and plan for my life? Because he's promised that he does. And so we're needing no word from them. So what is this? Why is he asking the question? If, if he's such a, uh, if he's so sold out to Jesus and he's walking by faith. Now, I'm coming kind of rational with this, so stay with me. Could it be that he's not questioning if God's going to deliver? Maybe he just needed a word of encouragement. Maybe he just wanted some encouragement. He, he says, I'm not doubting God. But God, I know you're going to deliver. I know that. But sometimes we just need a word of encouragement, don't we? I don't know about you, but I just need a word of encouragement from sometimes. It's not because I'm doubting what God can do for me. I know what God can do for me. It's not that corporately we're, we're out there and we're twiddling our thumbs and saying, oh, what, what are we going, what's God going to do? How is this thing going to wind up? We know because God is going to do what He said He will do for us. But sometimes we just need a word of encouragement. Amen. Just a little pep in our step, if you will. Now, and I started thinking about that and I came across some, uh, some text, uh, scripture for that. I came across Philippians chapter 4, looking at verses 6 and 7. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but it, uh, in that verse, in Philippians, it says to, be, to make your requests known. Is that what it says? This is a time for you to give me. Is that what it says? Okay, make your request known. Okay? Why do we need to make our request known? I've already prayed about that. Why do I have to say it again? What's the next verse? If we make our request known to Him, verse number 7, and what's the next word that pops up? Peace. Right? He gives us a peace, right? Is that not what it says? He gives us a peace. So stay with me here, okay? 
So I'm making my request known. It's not that I don't doubt what God's told me, all right? It's not a question. So I'm asking, I need some encouragement. I, I, I mean, you know, you, you, can get, you can get weary in well-doing, okay? You can. It just, it just happens, okay? You can get dry sometimes. Sometimes you get busy and, and all that and you're thinking, Lord, I, I just need a word from that. And so I make my request known. Lord, I'm just letting you know. I'm not doubting what you can do, but I just need some insurance here. I need some encouragement here. And so the Bible says when you make your request known, the very next thing that should happen is you have a peace. That's a peace that surpasses all understanding. I don't know about you, but there's times when I'm going through those storms. I'm going through those battles. There's times when I'm getting weary. There's those times when maybe I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'll just, Lord, I've been working hard and, and I've been struggling. You know I've been struggling. He says, make your request known. And so we just tell the Lord, Lord, I'm struggling here today. Lord, I, I just need some encouragement. And so when we make those requests known, it didn't say anything about He answered it, Right? By just the simple act that I've asked, I got a peace. Can't explain it. Uh, it says that surpasses all understanding, right? But then there's another verse that I came across, and that verse is in Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 20. And here again, I'm paraphrasing, but he says uh, that uh, talking about, the Jesus, uh, about Jesus here, he says, Who is able? Who is able? I started thinking about that word. What does that word able mean? It means that you have everything you need to perform a task. Amen. Say, you're coming and you ask me. Say, Brother Mike, I got some carpentry that needs to be done around my house. Which is your first mistake, by the way. It took me... <clears throat> And I shouldn't tell things like this, but hey, it is what it is. Back many years ago, Donna and I thought we needed a shed to be built behind our house. And so we were, didn't have the money, and we said, we'll build it ourselves. <laughs> Some of y'all been there. <laughs> so I went to Lowe's and got that kit, okay? Well, that kit has to be put together. <laughs> and so we're, we're saying, hey, we got this. We got everything we need, right? It took us close to a year to build a little 12 by 10 little. <laughs> so, but for illustration purposes. So, and, I, and they said, bro, Mike, could you do that for us? Hey, yeah, I, got, I can. Well, how, how do I know that you're able to do it? Because I got everything I need. I got the saw. I got the measuring stick. You see where I'm going with this? And so when we call upon the Lord Jesus, we know He's able. Why? Because He has all the resources available. So now, no matter what you're needing, He can fix it. No matter what you're going through, He can give you a piece about it. Why? Because He is able. Okay, now, so moving along, we see not only does he give them a word about his fear, not only does he give them a word about his uh, uh, future, but he also gives them a word about his faith. Now, you're in verse number 6. Listen how verse number 6 reads. And it said he believed, 
Y'all help me with that. He believed how? In the Lord. Now, uh, very interesting. Sometimes those small words speak volumes. Notice he said he didn't believe the Lord. He believed in the Lord. This is Abram speaking. He, he believed. Now, he, he believed back when he left home, right? I mean, if he didn't believe, he would have never left, right? So he believed in, he, he believed the Lord. He, he believed what the Lord was telling him. But now we see that he is now believing in the Lord, which means if we're in Christ Jesus, then Christ Jesus is in us, and we need to understand, then we're able, if you go to Philippians 4, 13, where it says, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. See, we come to understand that whatever God has told us, and now here's the key, though, that the Lord has told us, okay? So if the Lord has given us a word about something, we're not just believing in the Word, but we're believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who we looked already at in John, that He is the Word. And so if we're believing in the Word, then we get everything that the Word has, right? We have all the resources available to us that, 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 that Jesus has, right? Because the Bible tells us that we're going to be resurrected. Why are we going to be resurrected? Because that same Spirit that resurrected Him is the same Spirit that's in us. And we understand tonight that when we believe in Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus is in us, that we understand we're able to do what He's told us to do, not because of our strength, but because of the strength of the Lord that resides in us because we're in Christ Jesus. Right? That's a good word for us. This week, we're going to have boys and girls that are going to hear the word. Okay? We're, they're going to hear a word from God. And we're going to help show them by the word what the word is for them. And many boys and girls are going to hear a word from the Lord and trust Him as their Lord and Savior. Now, you've heard this said, and, and I'm not just seeing it, uh, it's a preacher talk here, okay? I believe with all my heart, if all that we've done, by the way, it, this, 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 uh, this week has been like six or seven months in making, okay? Now, I know you don't understand that, and, and that's, that's, that's good, that's all right. But we just don't pull this thing together about a month away. There's a lot of things that have to go into that. All right? And we can have all of that. We, we know how to order stuff. We know how to decorate. We know how to, uh, to give an invitation. We know how to do all of that. But what we're needing to focus on is why we're doing what we're doing. It's so the word, the word of God can speak to a heart that needs to get saved. And if it's just one boy and girl that gets saved, every bit of this is worth it. Amen? And so this week, they're going to hear a word from the Lord. And we're asking you, and I'll remind you again Wednesday night, Thursday morning, 9 o'clock, start praying that they hear the Word. Start praying that their hearts will be receptive to the Word. Help pray for our workers that they're giving them the Word. 
that the, when they go to and eat snack, they're getting a word. When they get on the van, they're getting a word from God. And so I don't care what you're doing in Vacation Bible School. Don't ever lose sight that you're showing them and you're teaching them to hear and get a word from God. What a wonderful opportunity you have if you're driving a van. Hey, what are they going to do? Jump out? Well, some of them might, but... No, you you got a captive audience. So, so drivers and, and those who will be chaperoning, man, give them a word. And recreation time, and there's nothing wrong with fun and games, but give them a word. Because it's only a word from God that will change them for all eternity. Amen? And that's what we're about this week. And so as we look, God spoke a word to Abraham. And we understand that that promise that he made him was fulfilled. God has given you a promise. He's given you more than just a promise. He's given us promises. And he's delivered on every single one. Well, what am I? Whoa, 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 wait. Got to catch you on that one, Brother Mike. I've been praying about something for quite some time now. And I hadn't got a word. Keep praying. So, but, but my, see, he's going to answer your prayer. He'll either say yes, no, or wait. And some of the promise, matter of fact, there's a promise that is still to be fulfilled. And he said that he will come again. Hey, he'll fulfill that one as well. See, well, all of us are going to go kick caught up in the rapture. No. Some of us might not see the fruition of that promise by way of the grave. But that promise will be fulfilled. Because the Bible is quite clear. We will see Jesus face to face. Amen. So here's what you're needing to do. First and foremost, you need to hear from God. And you need to be receptive to the word that he gives you. Some of you just need to be encouraged by His Word. Some of us need to understand that He will deliver. So we keep on like we're keeping on. Some of us need to understand that the Word of the Lord has come to me, but I have been disobedient to it. I've heard a word from the Lord. I'm supposed to serve, but I'm not serving. Because they're not going to let me do what I want to do. Wow. I feel so sorry about your hopeless condition. You mean to tell me that you've heard a word from the Lord and He said you need to serve, but in your telling a holy God, I want the job that I think I ought to be doing. The last time I checked, you don't make that call. I didn't have an opportunity to make that call. That's the reason, and Brother Shane will agree with me. I'm telling you, when you stand in this pulpit, it is a, it is a monster, massive responsibility that we do not take lightly because we understand. You hear me now? We understand that we didn't get 
where we're at because we had all these oh, great, you know, we had it all together. No, it's only by the grace of God that I'm able to do what I'm able to do. And I don't count that lightly. And that's the reason when I get up, I get up with trembling and nervousness in me because I don't want to let Jesus down because I understand I don't deserve it by here. I understand there's far better preachers out there, but God has placed me in that. I don't understand it. I just accept it. I give Him praise and glory for it and we all ought to do the same thing no matter what you've been asked to do you ought to do it for the glory of God because he didn't need you but he chose to use you and it's only by his grace you're able to do what you can do for the Lord Jesus Christ and none of us have anything to boast about but boast in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and to boast in his mercy and his grace bless his holy name I have an opportunity to serve a holy God who could call anybody, but he chose to call me. And we ought to be grateful for that opportunity.